And welcome to season five of my podcast. Today, my guest is Dr. Galina Kogat, a researcher with National Institute of Education. She has a PhD from NTU, Singapore. Born in Ukraine, she has widely researched and taught Western psychology and Eastern philosophies. She is an author, the president of the Ukrainian Club of Singapore, and the founder of the Ukrainian Language School in Singapore. Dear Galinanti, welcome to my show. Hi, Vedant. Um, it's very nice to see you, to meet you, and yeah, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, you're welcome. Before I start, I want to express my deepest sympathies to you, your family, and friends, and everyone who in Ukraine who have become victims of this war. Thank you, Vedant. Thank you. Thank you for um, sending your good words to everyone there in Ukraine and to all of us who are somehow related. I hope this ends soon. Yeah, we all hope so. Can you tell me a little bit about the situation in Ukraine now? Yes, definitely. Um, So uh, you have probably followed the news Mm -hmm. uh, and your parents also. And I mean, like anybody else. So the uh, war in Ukraine started on the 24th of um, February with the um, massive attack and massive invasion from the neighboring country, which is called Russia. Um, And it's been slightly over one month. And the situation currently is that um, a lot of cities uh, have been attacked simultaneously in all directions uh, by Russians. So um, the troops came from the north, the east, um, northeast, southeast, the south, and even on the western side and in the center, there were the military air attacks. So um, there would be about 2,000 civilians who who, who died, who were killed. about 150 of which are children, unfortunately. Um, About 1 million of people have been displaced, Uh, not 1 million, 10 million. So the Ukraine, if you look at Ukraine, the population of Ukraine is about 44 to 45 million people. So out of these people, about three, three and a half million fled Ukraine completely. So they had to leave the country because their homes, their cities, everything was totally destroyed. Uh, So they have no place to go. Uh, They don't have their homes anymore. So people from those cities and villages and the towns which were bombed, they had to go either in other places in Ukraine, which is internally displaced people, they are called officially. And then also many of them went across the border of Ukraine and they went to neighboring countries. So those are called refugees. So they fled country. Um, So uh, they went to neighboring countries like Poland, Romania, uh, the the bordering countries, uh, Slovenia, uh, sorry, Slovakia. Um, Some of them went to uh, 
uh, like further down to the Netherlands, to Germany, to France, or whoever. Uh, so other countries stood up in this uh, humanitarian crisis and they're accepting the refugees and they're ho- giving them homes and they're trying to accommodate them. So by till now, about 10 million people are both internally displaced and refugees. So if you think about it, it's like uh, out of four, 40 million, 10 million are already, uh, they lost their homes. They or If they didn't lose their homes, they can't live there for, for the safety because the bombing is going on. Uh, daily uh i have my family there also and yesterday i was talking to them so uh the city was bombed yesterday and one of the plants uh, was destroyed and the tv tower was destroyed and the airport was destroyed there last week so and they do hear their air alarm strikes uh, air strike alarms a few times in the day so this is how the situation currently is yeah I feel really sorry for them. Are they are they okay? Are they are they scared? Are they feeling better? Are they are they safe in shelter? I guess different people have different situations, but don't and definitely people are scared because to be scared is in human nature. We all get scared when we are in danger. And especially when you know when the bullets and the bombs uh, are falling from the sky. So a lot of children are scared and yeah, and we see that in the news that they are crying. Uh, at the same time, uh, many people uh, are also standing and trying and defending the country. Yeah. So it's um, it's a lot of mixed feelings, but even if somebody is scared, they still have to do their thing. Uh, they have to evacuate, they have to help, they have to give medical aid, and also they have to fight. Yeah. What is the history of this conflict and why does it keep happening? It's a very interesting question, Vedant. Just maybe if we are talking about the history, maybe I'll just tell you a few words about the history of Ukraine uh, for that matter. So Kyiv, which is the capital of Ukraine, is going to celebrate, sorry, is going to celebrate 1,540 years of its history and this is the capital so uh ukraine if you think about it it's like uh more than 1500 years old so in those days it was not uh, the name ukraine was not used uh in those days it was kiev rus kiev and rus yeah so the center of that uh, country of that kingdom was kiev so then um it was developing uh, we have really, really old heritage buildings from those times, which date back to 1,200 years old, 1,000 years old. So um, as any country, as any kingdom, they had ups and downs. And um, when we are talking about Ukraine, there was the time when there was no such thing as uh, whatever we call now Russia. So uh, uh, Moscow which is the capital of Russia. It was um, founded in, according to their historic records, it was founded in 1147. So you think about it, it's a much older formation. So the the uh, northern parts of the kingdom, they formed their own like uh, Moscow kind of like uh, uh, formation around Moscow and they became the Moscow kingdom. So 
then they started like um uh that's when the the country this is where the country russia takes its origins from like from the formation of moscow so uh ukraine was developing as a country and then um as i said there were ups and downs there was the mongol tatar invasion for some time so uh it was uh so there was the, the prime of uh kevan rus was around uh 1200 uh, around the 11th century, around the 12th century, uh, around the 10th, 11th century. After that, there was a little bit of a, you know, invasion from the Mongol Tatars. Um, and after that, uh, when the Mongol Tatars were chased out, then um, the countries, the, the territories where Ukraine, where Kievan Rus was, they started forming the sort of like a warrior kind of like formations to, because um, they are, placed on the you know on the crossroads of different directions from the east to the west and there is a lot of different tribes so they started forming the uh, military formations which were called uh, cossacks which are basically warriors to protect the lands so the modern ukraine uh started sort of like from there like it has the heritage of the Kievan Rus plus the, the military formations which were formed there. And then around that time, that's when uh, they started calling the country Ukraine. So it's sort of like the same country, but with a little bit different structure and organization with the warriors' um, um, formations. And also the Cossacks come from then. And this, this is when Ukraine started uh, like getting another... Uh, sort of like another stage in the development of the Kievan Rus and, and it sort of like went into Ukraine uh, as, as it is, as we have now. So Russia, uh, ever since, ever since I think the beginning of the 14th, 15th century, there were fights and then Cossacks were withstanding the fights from the Russians and from the southern uh, tribes like Tatars and from everywhere in all directions. So, um, when the Russian kingdom got formed, like I think around uh, 16th, 17th century, they took the name, they started calling themselves uh, Russia, like a country of, so there, there is a lot of complicated kind of like history, you know, and there was conflicts uh, from, uh, there were the attacks from the Russian side and the Moscow side, it was not called Russia than the Moscow, the Moscow kingdom, it, there were a lot of attacks on Ukrainians, on the, on the Ukrainian lands. And in 15th century, 16th century, in every century, especially, um, uh, especially, I think, especially hot uh, in conflicts was the 15th, 16th century and 17th century. So there were battles between the Cossacks, between the uh, lands organized around Kiev and also Moscow lands. So it's a conflict which takes, you know, which goes back um, many many centuries uh within the history so it's not as recent as only now and when the russian empire became really really powerful the moscow empire then they started calling themselves russians when they became really really powerful then they suppressed ukraine they have ruined the you know the cossacks and battalions the cossacks formations of the warriors and um then they started um, sort of like banning Ukrainian language, banning any kind of like mention about Ukrainian history. They started calling them the small Russia. And of course, it was done with, without Ukraine's will. It was sort of like colonization. Then we also have the USSR time. 
I don't know if you've heard such country, USSR, which is a union, you tell me. The Soviet Union. Yeah, the Soviet Union. So Ukraine was made part of that Soviet Union, uh, which was against uh, the will of the people, against the will of the country. So it was the occupation again. And Ukraine was part of the USSR. So when people talk about the USSR, very often they mean Russia, but that was not only Russia. It was 15 different countries. Uh, so the suppression was going on there also. And then after the uh, collapse of the USSR, in which year do you remember from the history? I don't know if you learned that. I think it is 1950-something. No, no, it was much, much later. So it was 1991, the USSR. Uh, uh, fell apart into 15 different countries and, and independent countries. And Ukraine gained its um, long-awaited independence, which Ukraine was striving for for many centuries before that. And then for the past 30 years, last year we marked the 30th anniversary of like total independence, the Ukraine being independent as a separate country. So, uh, yeah, and we... So this is sort of like the modern, the, the, the most modern history of Ukraine, the 30 years of independence. And uh, within those 30 years, we already had three times the, the, the conflicts, the Russia, Russia was trying to interfere within the internal matters and internal affairs of Ukraine. It happened once during uh, 2004, 2003, 2004, around that time when... Um, there was a presidential elections and uh, the, they falsified, um, there was a pro-Russian candidate, a pro-Ukrainian candidate, and Russia put a big influence and they falsified, they have faked the results of the election. So people were not uh, agreeable to that. So they went down as a protest to the streets. That was called Maidan, first Maidan. Then there was a second time Something like that happened in 2013-2014. So that time, again, people were not happy with a corrupt president, so they went down to the streets to protest. But that time, Russia already realized that they have to be very... Um, if they want to win in Ukraine, if they want to capture and conquer Ukraine, they have to put their weapons there. So at that time, they already put weapons and they put their troops in two districts in Ukraine. And that's when the war actually started, but not in the whole of Ukraine, but only in two areas. And also they have stolen, they sort of like annexed, uh, which is basically annexation is a, a diplomatic term, but the literal meaning of it is sort of like stealing somebody else's territory. Yeah. So the neighboring countries can do that to each other. And it's not a very nice thing to do because this is against their, you know, international uh, law of... <clears throat> politics, uh, law, uh, uh, international policy laws. So, uh, yeah, so, and so this war started actually eight years ago, but it was not massive. Uh, so now that Russia saw that they can't, uh, you know, influence Ukraine in any other way, they can't capture it, uh, they have announced the full invasion of Ukraine, where they started bombing and um, cities and civilians and the people in their houses all over yeah so this is sort of like it, it might be a little bit longer you know like if you if somebody is trying to understand what's going on so we have to go back to the history so this um 
hostility, this conflict, um, the attempt of Russia to conquer Ukraine, it goes back far, far, you know, into the historic times. It's not the matter of just yesterday or the past 20, 30 years. Why does Russia want to conquer Ukraine? Anyway, they ha- they're the biggest country in the world and they have so much unused space. Yeah, it's a very good question. It's a very logical question. Um, so what do you think? Greed? What do, uh, yeah, I think one of the biggest reasons is probably that it's never enough, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, and also somebody wants to show their power, right? If I, I think that, you know, if, if there is one big boy in school who is a bully, uh, and he just wants to show everyone that he's superior and he wants to uh, bully other children and everybody's afraid to say something to him or to her, you know, so uh, that's what is happening. So, um, well, yeah, so I would compare them with a, with a big bully who are greedy. When they see something, they want to snatch that from the other child, right? When they see that they are superior, that they have power, they want to humiliate the other children and so what what's the way out of it stay away from the bully okay but if the bully is uh you know trying to approach and trying to bully um stand up attack kind of probably yes but if if we do it like if somebody does that individually on their own are they gonna do anything to the bully if somebody is uh you know weaker and less you know no i guess uh, the good way will probably to unite the effort yeah what do you think yeah yeah so if all of you come out and say look you're not happy with you yeah you can beat one of us but you can't beat all of us yeah so you just combine the effort so i guess this is what is this is what people see now happening and other countries stood in and trying to help, I guess. So hopefully, yeah, the justice is going to come back. How do you think this entire situation will end? No, no, it's a, it's a good question, but it's also a very difficult question. And uh, what do you think? I always like to hear the opinion of, you know, of the younger generation. The younger generation. Russia will eventually keep attacking that they run out of ammunition and lose. Okay. Well, I mean, that's one way to go. And hopefully, yeah, it's going to happen uh, sooner than later. Uh, yeah, but you see, the thing is that, um, yeah, so we, I think Ukrainian armed forces, they're also, we can't wait to just, you know, for for Russia to run out of the arms uh, of the armaments and uh, and their suppliers of the of the weapons because uh, for the simple reason that the innocent people are dying and they're being killed so the Ukrainian armed forces are putting a huge you know huge defense and huge resistance and not only the armed forces uh, also the ordinary population they went into the territorial defense. Uh, they're helping the army as much as they can uh, with the goods, with the supplies, uh, with the food, with everything, whichever possible to to give to the soldiers. So 
uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we can chase the invader out. My school had this donation thing a, a few weeks ago, like two weeks ago, and um, they said every person can bring can bring some things to donate to the Ukraine, and then they'll fly to the Ukraine. And I gave I gave disposable masks, loads of them, the few pairs of socks and the toothpaste. Mm. Uh, thank you, Vedan. This is a very nice initiative from your school and um, and it's good to, you know, to keep the children in other countries aware of that and, you know, and share the, the consent. And thank you very much for your donation, Vedan. That was very nice of you, very kind. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you have any messages for my listeners? Uh, you know, in Ukraine now, um, the normal life, the normal daily life, which people usually have normally, like, um, you know, getting early in the morning, taking your shower, having your breakfast, going to school and all other things, all these things are disrupted in most of the cities. Um, the children don't have such luxury as a peaceful life anymore. They can't take things um like which we normally have, you know, and also there is no school. School is interrupted. So I guess we should always remember that we can't take peace uh, for granted. And we can't take, um, you know, uh, education for granted. Uh, like there is millions of kids in Ukraine now who can't even go to school, you know. So uh, whatever stability which other countries can provide uh whatever uh you know the peaceful situation the the the, the ability to study it's uh the children should not take for granted they should realize that it's a it's a privilege actually so for for ukrainian children now going to school is a privilege i mean going to school is something which they have to you know, especially uh, arrange when they are in different countries. In Poland, for example, they can't study in their own language. So there is a lot of um, things which they have to adjust to and then they're also scared. So this is one message probably. And also the message both for the adults and for the, for the children and for the adults also, you know, like we have to be careful and critical and we have to be aware of what's going on in the world and... Um, and exercise um, and stand for the values probably because, um, you know, uh, teaching our children uh, how to look at the things which happen in the world, any kind of conflict, any kind of military invasion, or uh, we always have to understand, um, you know, where is the right side? Where is the justice? So if we look at the if we look at Ukraine and Russia, yeah. So uh, who was the one who attacked? Uh, who was the one, uh, like even now, Ukraine is not shooting any single uh, bullet into the Russian side. You know, we the only thing which we do is defending. So um, I guess understanding who is right, who is wrong, we just have to go on there. Because I, I, I've been asked a lot of questions, you know, like, so who is the, who is the, who started the conflict? Uh, Oh, why Ukraine is not doing this, why Ukraine is not doing that, why Ukraine uh, keeps uh, defending itself. But uh, there was one friend of mine who said it very nicely and very clearly 
that uh, I don't know much about the politics, but whoever made the first move and whoever hit the first and whoever was the aggressor is wrong. So I guess this is a message which we have to clearly understand and you know stand for the values and stand for the right. How can me and my listeners help the people of Ukraine? Is there anything we can do? Uh, I guess you're already helping in a way that uh, you're sort of like, um, you're, you know, you're asking very uh, good questions. You are trying to uh, understand and explain to other people about the situation, uh, which is very important. I mean, you've already done your donation, uh, whatever you could in school for the initiative for, for to help Ukrainian kids. Another thing what you can do, I mean, maybe... I don't know how your teachers in school are looking at that, but I guess the words of encouragement uh, of encouragement to Ukrainian children might be good, you know, like some good messages, uh, something which will make them, you know, happy, something which will keep up their spirits. Yeah, so that might be a good thing to do also, yeah. And then you can make a collage or something, for example, from the children of Singapore or, you know, like uh, that we support you, uh, things like that, yeah. So that might be one good way to go, yeah. I really want to go to Ukraine. We should, after the war. Yeah. Uh, there will be a lot of, I guess, um, things which need to be rebuilt, yeah. I really hope this conflict's, conflict comes to an end soon. And thank you so much for coming on my show during this time. Thank you. Thank you, Vedan. Thank you for inviting me. And uh, I really appreciate your concern, your interest and everything, all your support and everything which you're doing for Ukrainian people. Thank you so much. Yeah, you're welcome. Bye. Bye bye. Dear listeners, follow my Facebook page, Curious Vedan, to get updates on my upcoming episodes. To listen at leisure on your phone and get notified about future episodes, subscribe by searching for Curious Vedant wherever you get your podcasts, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and many more. You can also listen to my show on CuriousVedant.com. Thank you for listening to Curious Vedant, and don't forget to rate and leave comments.